Hey, this is Mike Herrera. You're listening to Magnified Pod. This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks, MXPX. And we're back. Yeah. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. John, how was your week? Did you have a really edifying week? Um, Yeah, you know, I'm chomping on a cough drop right now, so I don't spend this entire episode coughing into the mic, which I have done for the last few episodes, so feeling better about my chances tonight. Yeah, you know, it's it's almost like you've been doing some low-key ASMR (laughs) instead of directly. (laughs) I got some feedback from... A listener yes. slash my friend slash coworker today. Okay. Which was they listened to the Anchor Valley wine episode. Okay. She really liked it, except for when we swished the wine around <laughs> close to the mic. But does she know that the the tagline is Anchor Valley wine? You feel it over your teeth. I told her, and she didn't seem um, moved by that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a woman. Yes. Okay. I'm sure she then appreciated. Jenny chastising us in the moment. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, John, speaking of feeling things over our teeth, <laughs> um, I so we're doing tumble down. Yeah, we are. And there is no more appropriate beverage to enjoy while listening to tumble down than whiskey. Correct. So I went out and bought some of Chicago's finest. Mm. This is a whiskey that you will remember from our self-titled Indeed. Uh, episode because I got destroyed <laughs> yeah, on we it. we will barely remember. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Koval single barrel bourbon whiskey distilled in Chicago. Mwah. Certified organic grains. That's right. They use, this is what's unique. They use uh, corn and millet. Mm. So in Love that millet. Yeah, man. It's that it's that ancient grain, bro. <laughs> Gotta really... get some ancient grains in your whiskey. <laughs> it's gonna bring out the flavor profiles of the sour punch bites we might have <laughs> a little later. Well, here's the thing though, bro. I discovered this so unfortunately I failed to bring any candy with me this week. Next time. Next time we'll have to do some some ranchers, some yeah, some JRs, JRs, and some uh, some skitties. Mm-hmm. Get some of those skittles. We're gonna but, do it. But the sour punch bites. I uh-huh. discovered this because I was at a friend's place. Uh-huh. I wondered <laughs> yeah. where what the context of that text so, was. Okay, so last episode, John and I talked about sour punch bites and how there is jam, and then like the next day or two or something it was like soon after i was at a friend's place and a mutual friend and his and his partner pulls out a tub (laughs) of the sour punch straws like the individually wrapped ones yeah and i was like (laughs) i was like what it's so bizarre that you needed them that i've i haven't had these in a million years Uh and the same week we talk about it, he goes ahead and pulls out a whole plastic tub 
of so them. Wonderful. And I was like, oh, snap. And so I grabbed one and ate it. And I, then I looked at the ingredients and it has, they have wheat in them. Oh. It's like the second ingredient. It's not millet? Not, not millet. I mean, sour punch. They so you gotta, can't have them? No, because oh, I'm, on, I'm on this restricted diet, uh, elimination diet right now. Um, it's actually also one of the reasons I'm able to enjoy Koval. I mean, that's a fair trade-off. Yeah. No sour punch bites for some yeah. world-class bourbon. Yeah. So, um, so why don't I... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So satisfying. It's is. Is very satisfying. John, Amen. may I pour you a little bit? Yes, please. Oh, that sounds lovely. I will not swish it around. Dude, this is... And there's plenty more where that came from. Oh. Let's not make it... You know, a night to not remember. <laughs> no promises, bro. Let's drink. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Maybe not till we fall down. <laughs> yeah, just till we pod well. <laughs> there we go. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Brings out the cough drop. Oof. Flavor profiles. <laughs> what do you have? A little menthol? What yeah, you got going little, on over yeah, there? It's kind of licorice I'm into it. All right. Okay. Okay. Um. So, John, I have... There are lots of things to discuss in mm. this episode. Um, one of them is Arthur, uh, because I was fully expecting a, you know, hammer justice of God <laughs> coming down upon yeah, you. To smite me. To smite you and your hot takes. And... And that and that never and that never happened. Yeah, there was it was sort of a lukewarm. Yeah, like people were some people were like, you know, I I don't know, I'm not really, not really into Arthur, or had a hard time getting into Arthur. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I expected to be chastised, uh, as I am sometimes over some opinions, but yeah, I I feel like I'm more or less in line with the folks we heard from. That it was like, yeah, I I don't dislike them but they're fine you got away unscathed yeah i guess so and we will get to tumble down later yeah, we will. obviously and i have been spectacularly wrong <laughs> in my assessment of what i think you like mm. but I swear to God, <laughs> if you come anywhere close to having the same opinions, you know, about Arthur, my, my Arthur thoughts were controversial and yeah. I didn't want to spoil anything, but I got to say, yeah, tumble down fucking rules. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was so pumped. Oh my God. To... Oh, that, <laughs> that makes me, okay. We're only seven minutes in, <laughs> but that makes, that takes a huge burden. Yeah, man. You know, I'm. I'm super relieved. I almost like texted you during the week, like, "Oh my god!" And this song <laughs> rules, but I was like, "I don't yes. want to give it away." Yes, but uh, yes, okay. That is an enormous relief. <laughs> so okay, um, you know, we're gonna we have some other some other things we're going to discuss in this episode, but we have a some voicemails to get to. That have to do with um, some of the takes from this last episode where we talked to Arthur, as we were just saying. Um, so let's let's hear from let's hear from our boy 
our dad, Jordan, Jordan yes, downstairs. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, your boy downstairs again. Um, calling. I never thought I'd come to this, but I gotta say, when I'm listening to this Arthur episode, uh, I have to take back my y'all blow. Edit that. Now it's just John blow. Come on, man. You take it easy on this stuff. This is, this is good music, and you, you know, you trashed a lot of it, man. Not feeling it, bro. Not feeling it at all. Still love you more than I love Andrew, so that guy's an asshole. Don't tell him I said that, though. Please, John. Thank you. Anyhow, Magpie for life, guys. Bye. You know, I don't know how I do manage to get out of things unscathed, because I say you generally are the more supportive, positive-minded person. Bro, but, uh... I don't know. We We hate every album. You know, we're... Uh, I, you know, I try and be supportive, but somehow, um, I'm, I'm You're still, the asshole. I'm the asshole. Yep. Um, but you know, I think, you know, he, he still, he still gives, gives you more love somehow Yeah. in that voicemail where he, he says you blow, but I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, just to reiterate, I don't, I don't dislike them. They just, right. Not not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Danny Stairs has another another issue with us related to our girl, April. Hey, guys. Your boy, Danny Stairs, again. Uh, Calling a little follow-up to April's message. She did not say Magpie for Life, and y'all didn't say anything about it. So apparently you only just don't like me, and it's only a big deal when I don't do it. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not a cute girl or something. I don't know. Uh, but I can look sexy for you if that's okay. Bye. Cut him off. Okay, cut him off for the for life. Okay, look, Danny, we have we have different expectations. You know, you call in and call us assholes, and you say <laughs> we blow, and all April does is say kind edifying things <laughs> and she's a sweetheart and we appreciate her uh but you know don't undersell yourself man you're you're cute too yeah you i've know, seen you in your sparkly uniform your sp- your sparkly your, unicorn your, uniform yeah your uni i guess uniform <laughs> yeah, is, is the your corn form yeah <laughs> yeah man you can you can get it in that unicorn uniform <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you don't make any promises that you can't keep. Mm. Let's just let's just say that. Um, but John, he does he does have some more good things to say about you. All right, boys, it's your boy Danny Stairs again. Um, I know this is number ten for this week, but I, I just gotta call back. I take back everything negative I've said on the earlier voicemail because it's all got better in the outro with the. <laughs> uh, keep up the great work guys Thank for life <laughs> thanks buddy yeah uh danny stairs had texted me that that you totally redeemed yourself <laughs> with your toodaloo uh harmony backing vocals at the end of that up it was one of our finer moments i mean don't you know don't i don't want to take away from the glory that was your moment <laughs> but i think we need to get in touch with mike about a remix yes um Add some of those toodaloos. <laughs> I mean, just if you're gonna start a song with toodaloo, 
Just might as well bookend it. End yeah. it with the toodaloo. Yeah. Just lean into the toodaloo. That's what I always say. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I think that was on the Potter family crest. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Lean into the toodaloo. Lean into the toodaloo. <laughs> um, there was, uh, this was something that was in the, a Patreon exclusive, mm. um, part of the episode that Danny Stairs took exception with. You motherfucker. <laughs> this is your boy Danny Stairs. Uh, that's the end of this episode where you threatened to revoke my Patreon punk status. You can fire me as your attorney. You can kick me out of the goddamn basement. But you can't take my fucking first person, first number one Patreon punk status away. I will burn you to the ground. <laughs> and I'll still hear it. So, there. That's, I'm throwing it out there. You try to take that from me. I'm stealing Harriet when I'm in Chicago. So that's all there is to it. Magpod for life. <laughs> I love I'll burn you down, followed by Magpod for life. <laughs> <laughs> that not only that, but he's gonna kidnap your dog. Yeah. Well, if he gives her an okay life, I guess that's not the worst thing that could happen. That's, um I don't remember I, I will I will fight him. <laughs> Harriet is every time I'm over here, it's just a it's it's a joy. <laughs> Seeing her. You were observing her and scratching her back against the wall earlier and were yeah. concerned for her well-being. Yeah. I was down here by myself um, and <laughs> I hadn't seen this behavior from Harriet before, <laughs> but as you all know, Harriet makes adorable grunting noises, mm -hmm. but she was full bodied. Like rubbing herself on the carpet, being like, she's having a good time. And I thought, like, is John's dog having a seizure? It's Friday tonight. <laughs> she's just partying. That's how she. That's how Harriet parties. Mm -hmm. Just a full body scratch. That's right. And and I was like, I was genuinely concerned for a moment. <laughs> I was like, oh no, am I going to have to deliver the bad? <laughs> the uh, bad. Your reason? dog is having a problem. But um, and you're and I told you you're like oh yeah it's just getting the scratches. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't remember threatening to revoke Danny's stairs. That was me. Okay, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's why I'm an asshole. <coughs> um. Okay. Well. Uh. Let's um. Let's go to let's go to CJ. Let's go up to the sketch because mm. he has a. He has a take. An icy take? Yeah, an icy take. <laughs> hey, boys. Uh, CJ here. Happy 2019 to both of you. You too. And uh, it's going to be a good one, I think. It's going to be a good year um, for MXPX and everything, you know? I, I, I have no doubt they're going to announce. They're going to wait as long as they can to announce your Chicago show, though. They'll Fact. do it. They'll do it. Um, I wanted to I, – I haven't got through the whole Arthur episode yet. Uh, but um, Tom C, I love this guy, um, so I had to call in, and uh, I mean, uh, I I think uh, Tom C, he he comes across like a dick, right? Right, right, <laughs> correct. And he's he's putting you guys off for months and months, um, no communication. But this guy, he like. I, I got to give him props. Here, here's why. He single-handedly, not single-handedly, but he is the biggest reason that turned this MXPX ship around or revitalized it is what I should say. And I, 
it's my understanding that in the uh, secret weapon years, or no, sorry, yeah, secret weapon, but tumble down years and then leading up to plans and plans, uh, Mike was pretty much doing everything. Like, he was managing, he was booking, he was the day-to-day, and he was trying to write and be all, he was trying to keep the guys together, Tom and Yuri at the time, like, I just think he was so worn down with all these hats he was wearing. I think it was around 2013 that Tom C. came in the picture. And, like, literally it was what they needed. Like, he needed a guy to be a dick for him. So Mike didn't have to be. And, yeah, like Tom C., he he can be a hard ass. But, fuck, man, is he good at it. He's good at managing this band. He's by far the best manager MXPX has ever had. And so I love this guy. I love that he finally uh, dug into you a little bit. I love the visual of uh, Andrew sitting at his mom and dad's place in his onesie uh, at Christmas Eve listening to Tom C. rip him a new one. That's <laughs> so good. But, uh, Fucking hilarious. Uh, that's probably not how it happened, but that's the visual I have. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a great guy. And... Uh, and I'm glad that he ripped into you guys a little bit. And uh, it's all in good fun. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's what Tom C. does. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of this episode. Chat soon, boys. Make pod for, for now. Whoa. A little <laughs> yeah, backslide there. Feeling a little skeptical, are we, CJ? Um, <clears throat> so... Here's what I'll say. Um, he's definitely good at being a dick if that is what they hired him to do. Um, he excels at that. Uh, I will say that the where MXPX is now, um, it's been a great year. Yeah. And the, the ability for Mike to focus on the creative... 100% um, I'm on board for that. And the hand that Tom C has played in um, getting the band to where it is, um, credit where credit is due. Um, yeah, so if if MXPX and team needed a bulldog and someone to get, get the job done, well, then that's that's the guy they got. Um, you know, but keep in mind, and this will kind of be where we, uh, let this lie, but, you know, we're just a couple of dudes, fans of the band, doing our own thing, trying to support a band we love, and, you know, we're not, we're not the kind of guys that go out of our way to you know, just be dicks to people for, for no reason. And I don't know, maybe that's, that's how some people get down. Um, you know, but we, we always balance our, our joking around out with, you know, a little bit of love then a little bit of affirmation, if you will. Yeah. There's a couple, couple Hufflepuffs over here. Hey man, I, yeah, <laughs> we're doing our best people. <laughs> We uh, we might not get every detail right every time, but we're, this is a labor of love, DIY, punk style. Yeah, man. 
we're not connected to the band in any way. We don't claim this to be an official podcast. Never have. We're just a couple guys that like this band a lot. So, yeah, that's the deal with that. That is the deal with that, and that is all we will say. Um, but we uh, we have some more New Year's greetings. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> the uh, the cackler has returned Captain to to send us some New Year's greetings. I'm glad he wasn't too put off by my inability to know a song that we were talking about in the same episode. <laughs> that is that is true. He did not he did not bust toss you. Um but you know the last episode we we got a a voicemail from a gentleman um and across the pond. Across the pond and and we have a we have a voicemail from somebody who that has called in before to take issue with with our boy Nigel. Hey guys, Mike Mullen again. I just want to say one thing. You know, in the last episode and the bonus episode with that Nigel guy, you know, he claims that, uh, you know, he have a solid set list with those 10 songs, but nah, he totally forgot about uh, a Barbie girl <laughs> by MXPX. Yep. You know, the cover. That was the best one they've ever done. <laughs> thanks mike Mike and slash cackler yep yeah um that infamous non mxpx barbie girl song just another thing we got wrong yeah when we were like oh yeah we don't remember that cover whatever because it was by homegrown right womp womp uh but we do have uh nigel He's back. He's back. He has some more thoughts. Hey there, Jake. <laughs> this is Nigel from North Kensington. Yep. Long time listener, second time caller. <laughs> Just wanted to clear up a little bit of the grievances that you might have had about North Kensington. Wanted to share a little bit of enlightenment about our place that we call home. We mm-hmm. listen to lots of punk rock, like Sex Pistols and MXPX and other great punk rock bands like Offspring and maybe... Uh, May 1st in the Gummy Gimmies. Anyways, you were wondering about our little home in the UK. It's called North Kensington. It's sure. an area west of London, England. Okay. North of Notting Hill. Okay. And White City, south of Kensal Green. In the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea. The Grand Union Canal forms the boundary <laughs> with Kensal Green. Okay. And the Westway fly over Notting Hill. The names North Kensington and Labrook Grove describe the same area. North Kensington is where most of the violence occurred of the Notting Hill race riots of 1958 occurred, where they occurred, and where Notting Hill Carnival started. Ladbroke Grove tube station was called Notting Hill from its opening in 1864 until 1880, and Notting Hill was Ladbroke Grove between 1919. Okay, Nigel, it's clear you're just reading off the Wikipedia page because. We're looking at the Wikipedia page. So, you know, we can do that. And maybe we could have done that ourselves. So maybe that's your way of saying 
The internet exists. You can look up North Kensington just as easily as you could have. Or the alternative is maybe you're not from North Kensington after all. What? That's um, my mind being blown. Yeah. And he goes on reading for a while. So let's let's see <laughs> if I can find where he stops reading. We'll have to be built in the area anyway. <laughs> Sitting at Kensal Rise. <laughs> next to Paddington itself will provide a new station to regenerate the area. You must not be interested in these sort of things. We're not. The point is, we listened to lots of great punk rock like The Clash, and even earlier back to the days of the Trogs with Wild Thing, and some of my other favourites like uh, Does Your Chewing Gum Lose a Slaver on the Bedpost Overnight? That's another great native of North Kensington. You should listen to him any day of the week, is what I say. Original punk rock pioneer, in my opinion, is that lad who sang that song. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor? <laughs> um, and Nigel ran out the three-minute limit by reading us <laughs> North Kensington facts. Well, that was enlightening. Yes. Thank you, Nigel, from North Kensington. Indeed. We appreciate the history lesson of your of your hometown. Cheers. Um, um, a first time, uh, maybe first time, long time. This is Reese Roper from Five Iron Frenzy. Shike, <laughs> 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 that was not Reese Roper of Five Iron Frenzy. I will name an. Uh, I, I will be. Uh, I will remain anonymous. Thank you. Good day. <laughs> that's how we want it phantom I, cackler yes I, with each new voicemail i am just more and more um in love with you <laughs> yes same z's uh we i don't want to hear i don't want to hear who you are this nope. is this is just too enjoyable for us um okay so those are our voicemails for the week thank you for calling in yes uh john we put out a question of the week today qot dubs a q o motherfucking t dubs Mm -hmm. and it was about the sort of the weird time in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was sort of known as the purity movement or true love waits. That's kind of the terms that you would hear. Um, where in the evangelical world, uh, there were all these conferences and pledges that these evangelical groups would encourage young people to sign, um, encouraging them to save their selves until marriage and not have sex until marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always couched in this sort of, um, if you, if you don't, you are essentially giving away pieces of yourself to every partner. And then finally the person that you end up being with is going to either get a used person. Right. Or, um, get 
essentially everybody that you've ever dated or slept with as this kind of metaphor for your you take all of this with you and you're giving this you can't fully give your heart to your new spouse because you've given it away too much. So we put out this question asking people, you know, what if they were part of it, what their feelings about it are now. Um, but if you did, if you didn't participate, what were your thoughts as an outside observer? And uh, we got uh, a bunch of responses, and I was able to have a conversation with our friend, Dr. Jen Mandigo, or Dr. Chad, if you yes, will. friend and therapist of the pod. <laughs> yes, she's our personal therapist. Uh, but I'll get to that conversation uh, a little bit later. But we had a an email from our boy, Nikki P., who sent in pretty pretty readily sent in a little uh, a little thought and wanted to give his 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 experience he said the whole purity movement was huge in my youth group and all the other youth groups in, the, in my hometown when i was in high school there was a local organization called the red letter rebels who are dedicated to spreading the message of sexual purity and the name is kind of in, it, strange in retrospect that Jesus didn't really say anything about sex. Uh, for those who, who aren't in the know, uh, the red letter in red uh, letter rebels refers to uh, in, in a lot of Bibles, the passages where Jesus was speaking were in red. So as to call those out, I guess, as more important or I don't I don't know how that became a thing are you do you know any <laughs> background as to why that's oh, there's a thing? also a group called red letter Christians which is like on the progressive end of things oh and the point of that is supposed to be like hey here's what Jesus actually said mm. so this name Interesting. is ironic given the fact that as Nick says uh, Jesus doesn't say anything about waiting for marriage in the that Bible, is so. that is true uh anyway I can, I'll continue. He says, but anyways, every year they would hold a rally with worship and guest speakers who are almost always people who had sex before marriage and it totally regretted it. I played in the worship band for two of these rallies. I was definitely having sex though, which is funny now, but back then I felt super guilty about it and believed that if I engaged with other people who were committed to purity, prayed real hard and, and got a purity ring that God would eventually deliver me from sexual impurity. The whole thing really convoluted my whole sexual maturation, and I assume that it did for others who experienced the movement as well. That movement really took advantage of the guilt and shame, in my opinion, that is so present in teenagers' lives in order to convert them to what these evangelical communities and denominations believed was, is, an object moral truth. I know that women have been especially affected by this movement negatively, and it has further complicated the already complicated endeavor of monogamous relationships. I know it has from my wife, Kelly, and me. Kelly and I are so Christians, and I don't think she feels the exact same way I feel, but fuck the purity movement. 
not just the church, but every global community in general needs to develop some sort of sexual guidance curriculum or standard that allows humans to healthily grow in their sexuality in their communal context and age group. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but that's just where I'm at. And I think that our world uh, was a better, that our world um, maybe would be a better place if people were actually given tools for sexual maturation and sexual activity. It's one of the few things that I am passionate about and will definitely get on my soapbox if given a chance. Thanks for the time, everyone. Many smooches, Nikki P. Amen, Nikki. A fucking man. And there are so many parts of, of this that I the the whole thing about um, engaging with people who are committed to purity, praying, and got a purity ring that God would eventually deliver me from sexual impurity. That was my my hope as well mm. that all of my impurity and my sin and my lust that I just had to find the right combination of things to keep me from thinking and acting the way I was and, and the guilt and the shame that he mentions, um, it was already part, it didn't, it was already part of my life right. and it didn't really take much to kind of add fuel to that fire. Um, because it was already, uh, very much present mm -hmm. in, in my life. So did you have the ring? I didn't have the ring. No. Okay. Uh, it, it was, you know, we, I went to, uh, a number of youth conferences growing up. And um, I think it was just always, you know, so many hormones, so many, they're just like where all these kids are in this room feeling these super intense feelings about religion and about Jesus. And they need to press everything down. And it's so impossible to try and navigate all of that because you feel things so intensely right. as a teenager and to tell a kid that is just exploding with hormones, like, <laughs> no, nah, bro. Like, meanwhile, all of these people who are being like, yeah, don't have sex are probably very much boning, like, you know, all the time. I mean, to uh, Nikki P's point, um, but he was having sex and he was on the stage. Right. And so not to, I'm not calling him, you know, a hypocrite or anything like that, but, yeah, you know, these people that get up there, especially when you look at things like um, you go into churches that are opposed to same-sex relationships and they're like, well, all you have to do is be in a monogamous, you know, non-sexual, you know, relationship. Right. And that's all you have to do. Meanwhile, they get to go home and have their spouse and have sex whenever right. they want. And it's just so much easier for them to be like, oh, yeah, just make these proclamations. Right, right. And it's devastating because it does 
I mean, t- again, like Nikki P says, it's already difficult <laughs> being in relationships. Right. And this is just one other thing that makes it so difficult. Yep. Yeah. What a strange thing <laughs> to be the focus of, you know, a culture or a movement or whatever, that this was such a central component to it. It's so weird when you step back and think about it, because it's like, how little does this have to do with, um, you know, bringing up people to be like Christ in their life? Like, Imagine if they motivated these young people for literally anything right. else. Yeah, totally. Take the Take these energetic young people and say, um, let's... Let's motivate them to, uh, for homelessness or nonviolence or, um, you know, engaging in, I just like literally anything Jesus talked about, (laughs) anything Jesus talked about loving your neighbor. So like, you know, just trying to help lift people up rather than like internalizing all of your shame in, in an effort that. Like, what even is purity? Right. What does that even mean? I mean, yes, not not having sex in in their definition, not having sex until you're married. But the act of sex isn't inherently impure because it's allowed in marriage. But it's a there's a switch that goes off. Right. And you're just um, magically supposed to understand to yeah suddenly make that that switch and this thing that you have had driven into you that you don't do no matter what right and then guess what it's okay now and everything's fine except that's not that's not always the case you know and some people on our our post um, you know. Shirt size small slash Christine said, oh, that's cute. I wasn't part of any such ideology. And she's lucky. Yeah. She's super fortunate. Yeah. I somehow, like a lot of things we've talked about on the pod, managed to be sort of adjacent to this stuff without um, having it traumatize me (laughs) like it did for a lot of our friends and um people from that world. So like I always sort of knew about it, but didn't, um, experience it myself, but I've seen firsthand how many people have been harmed by it. So, and yeah, yeah, I don't think most people have the choice. (laughs) No, they, I, people were victims of our circumstances. You know, it's not like as a, as a kid, I had much of an option about where I went to church or if I went to church or any of that, we, you know, (laughs) April said, you know, fuck you crazy people. I'm getting laid. You know, that's, (laughs) and that's, you know, she was always, she was always punk AF Mm -hmm. and she didn't care. She was going to, you know, you know, you do you and do other people. That's her. That was her way of doing things that I'm, um, you know, uh, David, uh, I'm gonna, I don't, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Um, Robledo. 
Um, sounds, I, sounds good. I, I'm definitely butchering your last name, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but he said, totally cheesy, always made fun of it. And I wish, you know, now that I'm older, I'm always, I'm so much more skeptical of things. And I wish, you know, my efforts to be a good Christian kid came with a dose of skepticism, but I, I was always buying in. I always bought in and, uh, went about it with being earnest and just going after it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And as we've talked about, like you sort of, um, did those things with the understanding that you were part of a sort of counterculture almost, right? Like that you were part of something that was espousing these ideals and values that you could hold on to. So it, it makes sense in a way that people think that they are standing in contrast to the ways of the world or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought being Christian was punk. Right. Because yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was against the flow. I yeah. thought it was countercultural. Right. And it should be. Yes. It should be. Um, Jen Mandigo said she has her promise ring somewhere still. She got it when she was 15. Um, and Sierra was part of a true love waits play at church, but lost the ring they gave us with the pledge and ended up, ended up losing something else too. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> LOL. Uh, talking about the V card <laughs> and, um, got uh sarah beth said um she didn't have a ring or sign a pledge but did choose to stay a virgin till marriage and i overall did too that was that was my uh i mean you know i i I fooled around with a high school girlfriend and everything and you you can't imagine the guilt i felt about that right I I I truly thought it was one of the worst things I'd ever done, and it it like it, I carried that weight with me well into college. Hmm. You know, yeah. I it 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 was very hard for me to accept that I was like this is that this was I was like this is wrong. This is objectively uh, immoral and non Christian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was talking to my wife, Dana, tonight about this topic, and she didn't go through any of this. She did not uh, have this, this community con- uh, concept in the church that she was growing up in, but she also uh, missed out on youth group and in middle school and high school. So I think, I think I said, I, I told her, I'm like, you are very, very lucky yeah. as a young woman that in the church that you did not get this sort of message yeah. uh, specifically. I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's very damaging. I'm almost 35 and I still hmm. have fucked up sexuality issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, uh, my wife Jenny talking about how 
in their youth group, they would do this activity where they would take a piece of tape or yep. whatever. Oh, yeah. And yep. either pass it around or stick it on stuff or whatever. And by the time... Well, yeah, you, you stick it on... You know, what you do is you take a piece of tape and you, like, you know, put it on, you know, your, like, your arm or something, and then you rip it off and it hurts. Mm -hmm. But the more times you put it on somebody else, it, like, loses its stickiness. And essentially, there are any number (laughs) of ways that this metaphor is... Um, pizza, right? That pizza was in, the... in this article that we're going to talk about, um, a chewed piece of gum, right. you know, there's all sorts of, yeah. it's, it's so dehumanizing totally. to compare the fullness of one's humanity yeah. and boil it down to some idiotic, uh, activity to say, you are used. Right. You are chewed up. Mm-hmm. This, this one element of your humanity, we elevate it so much that you are discarded or partially digested right. food. Yeah. So unlike anything that Christ... <laughs> talked about you don't remember that uh that verse that verse in matthew he's like this is the message translation but he's like check it out bro i got some scotch tape loses its stickiness and they're like "Mm." like and he's like he's like bro you know like you know trying to you're just like chewed up pieces of unleavened bread bro yeah um classic jesus yeah sounds just like him (laughs) um yeah i it's one of those things where it's like simultaneously so ridiculous because it's like, how, how did this become the thing that was central to this movement in this culture? But on the other hand, it's like, well, it makes perfect sense because that culture was always about control. Yep. And what better way to control young people, control culture, especially women than with this kind of thinking. So, yeah, you know, in this article, uh, this is, an article that Jen Mandigo had posted and I'd seen it's in, uh, the website and I think they have, they have a, they have a publication, uh, it's called bust and it's a, an article called whatever happened to those girls who signed purity pledges hint, it's not good. And they track with a, with some, uh, with some people, some women and, one of them had waited until she was 27 to have sex and her boyfriend who's 35 at the time was you know uh when she told her told him that uh she was a virgin that he was disturbed that like you're in your late 20s and you who haven't had sex and and so she thought she was doing the right thing and then they ended up breaking up and and she had to I mean it was like it was devastating and she needed therapy <coughs> to 
it says to begin to untangle her sexuality and sense of self from her religious past. Hmm. And these women who, who, uh, I mean, there's, they talk about Joshua Harris's book, Mm -hmm. uh, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, that he wrote when he was 21 about urging people, young people to, instead of date to court uh, to do courtship essentially meaning if you're going to be involved in a relationship with somebody you better intend for this end in marriage Mm -hmm. um and if we all think about the very first person that we dated or the first person that we had a relationship with if we had to marry them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't think many people would be necessarily happy with that. It's one of the reasons that we date is because you're looking for compatibility, not just someone to have sex with because you want to, you want to like, Oh, I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm not used and I'm not like being impure. So we might as well get married. Right. It's so, it's so, again, I say dehumanizing to make the complexity of human relationship about one single issue. Right. Yep. And you talked to Jen a little bit? I did. Did you have more to say before we get to that? I did. I didn't know if you (laughs) had anything, if you had anything to say. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get to some of my conversation with Jen Mandigo. We talked today for quite a while and, um, not going to play the whole conversation, but, uh, wanted to play part, uh, of it for you and we can discuss, you know, this is something that John and I had talked about wanting to discuss in the past Mm -hmm. and i think uh april had sent me a like there's a uh like a documentary with josh joshua harris kind of oh yeah i watched it yeah so yeah so did i and sort of reflecting on the impact of his book and Mm -hmm. did you ever did you ever end up watching that or seeing that documentary no it's called i survived i kissed dating goodbye right and i think you can watch it anybody can watch it online for free it joshua harris sort of goes around and talks to a number of people who were impacted by his book or had differing opinions about his book because this dude wrote this book telling all these kids children what to do about dating. And then he got married at like 21 or 22. And, you know, how do you, it just seems like the ramifications of, of, of a, of a young, young guy just saying, this is how you should approach all relationships. Right. So I'm glad he's sort of trying to reconcile some of that. And from what I, I think I read that he is no, the book is no longer being published. Mm. So I think it's just going to be 
Dunzo, right. which I think is smart. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw that you posted this article, and I thought, I don't know, maybe this would be a worthwhile uh, conversation for me and John to have and see mm-hmm. what other people thought because it's it's not to but then I was also thinking which is why I, I reached out to you um, because having a conversation about sexual purity without including the voices of women it would be mm-hmm. would be silly because it, obviously they're wholly uh, separate experiences and mm-hmm. in many ways I mean both damaging but in many ways just as it, it's just women were really the the focal point of a lot of it um mm-hmm. but I wanted to I wanted to hear some of your thoughts or your experience whatever you're willing to share um okay. I I also think it's interesting to hear. I'm interested to hear, you know, your guys' perspective as well, because on the other end, you know, most of what I've heard is from women. So right, of course. <laughs> I'm interested to hear, you know, what it was like, um, especially because I think, you know, a lot of us have had really similar upbringings. Like in, yep. in you know, I went to Christian school and. I went to church a hundred times a week and, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. So I was in it like real deep. Yep. <laughs> so it actually, it's been interesting because, uh, talking a little bit with Dan, Danny stares about it. Yeah. And it's yeah. been interesting to hear, you know, from a, a guy's perspective, what that was like also. Yeah. It's, I think the biggest takeaway is it was a shit show for a lot of us. It and ruined everyone. It ruined it, <laughs> It ruined how I felt about my body. It ruined mm-hmm. how I felt about sex and mm-hmm. how I could, how I was allowed to feel about it or yeah. not feel about it. And just you're inherently evil and sinful, especially, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was, uh, a lot of that burden was placed on women to not allow you not not leading men into sexual impurity you know right because you know men can't control themselves of, at all They're of course just giant not babies. of course not and we're just we're we're yeah. walking dicks and Basically. we just we just need something to fuck at all times and uh, you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny that men are often walking dicks but <laughs> there is an element of your own self-control that, yes of you know, course of uh, course you know, yeah, I definitely remember, you know, those lectures as a teenager about, you know, women really have to be careful what they wear and, Ugh. you know, you can't be too friendly or you can't be, you know, there's just so many rules. And I don't, I don't know, but I doubt the men were being told the same thing. <laughs> uh, definitely not. Um, so let's just pause here for a second. And I'm just going to try and distinguish between interview Andrew voice and my regular now podcasting voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so John, what do you remember? Cause we were both growing up in youth group. Did you like Jen sort of is joking about like, yeah, boys, like boys were never told 
don't you be careful what you, you know, wear or what no. you No, there was never it was a wholly sexist yeah. uh approach to this whole thing. Or even if the goal is ostensibly to create healthy sexual dynamics between people, like wouldn't you want to teach boys about consent and Oh, we get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but that's, yes. I mean, if there is anything that you need to teach boys, it's let's make sure everybody's on board. Right. And, uh, but it's, but it's not about what you're saying about ostensibly to have healthy sexual, that's not, <laughs> of no. course that's not what it's about. Right. It's about control. It's about, yeah. you know, having somebody else determine how you live your life and the choices that you make. Uh, and it's definitely not about health. It was, yeah. it was. Don't wear those tight jeans. You can see everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you, did you grow up, uh, did you sign any purity pledges or any of that? I never did sign a purity pledge. I think even even as a teenager, like I kind of was a little wary about like signing anything or anything <laughs> like that. I don't know. It just made me feel kind of weird. And I don't like I went to a lot of youth group things and stuff, but I don't remember going to anything where that was something that people did. Right. Yeah, not unlike the Church of Scientology, where they make you sign like a billion year contract or yep. something like that. It's like, yeah, if um, if you walk into a religious organization, a church or otherwise some sort of faith place, and they're like, yeah, just sign on the dotted line yeah. about how you live your life. Right. Good on Jen for being skeptical. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Um, I mean, certainly lots of talks about, you know, purity and saving yourself and all this stuff. And, and, but I don't recall any specific time where we were actually asked to sign anything. So I know that that was a thing, but, um, like promise rings and stuff were a big deal. Sure. Sure. Uh, Um, did you, did you know anybody who did like any of those daddy daughter uh, sort of ceremonies where they oh my like. God, that's so creepy. It's so it creepy. is the grossest, creepiest thing I can possibly I've seen, imagine. Like, I've seen some documentaries about it. So, for people who are not familiar with this, the concept of a purity ball. John, are you your? <laughs> Um, familiar with the the topic? I feel like I had heard about this, but reading the article really brought it <laughs> right to yeah. the top of my brain, unfortunately. So imagine a dad with his prepubescent daughter uh, in what can only be described as a combination between a dance and a wedding where the dad and the daughter, like, the, I guess the dad makes a pledge to 
be a guardian of his daughter's virginity. Right. And she makes some sort of promise and like she wears a ring from him. Yeah. Real weird. Fucking what? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it this from this article it says girls as young as seven started attending father daughter purity balls to pledge their abstinence until marriage, their fathers vowing to be the keepers of their daughter's virginity. Can you can you think up a more disturbing sentence? It's tough. Tough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, for a father to have that sort of intimate connection. To their child, to their child's sexuality, right. real weird. It's real gross, and uh, but it also takes away any bodily autonomy from the daughter, right? And yeah. it's inherently sexist because it promotes this idea that girls need to be protected, right? And they can't look after themselves, like those like shirts and posters and stuff that are like. If you're going to date my daughter, here are the rules. You got to eat my gun or whatever. Like the (laughs) point should be like the rules are that my daughter gets to decide what kind of relationship she wants to be in. Yep. Anyway. And if if you're the kind of dad that's going to be like, you know, the boyfriend shows up, I'm going to be sitting in the living room polishing my shotgun. It's like, what? kind of relationship are you trying yeah. to what what does it say about the trust right. you have for the daughter and if you say you know well i don't trust the guy it's like okay why don't you have a conversation without a fucking gun yeah you know and also what does it say about our culture that it's like you're inherently distrustful of young boys right that says more than it does about you know your daughter and about sexuality because if we lived in a culture where young men were taught consent and respect and we had a culture where we had a healthy relationship with sex, then this wouldn't be the problem. But we have daughters and fathers marrying each other over their virginity. Normal. Normal. Totally, totally normal. So let's continue. I don't I don't know anyone to my knowledge who did that. I can't but... imagine anybody coming away from that experience feeling not feeling some sort of scarring because it's Right. Well, and I can't even imagine talking to like your 6 or 7 year old child about affecting their virginity or something Ugh. like What is that? Like it's horrifying. Like, barely know where babies come from at that point and you're going to put all this on them yeah like it's just crazy well and i mean it's all part of the indoctrination because it's like get them while they're young so we can control the behavior yep exactly but Uh, i also think like i don't i think i kissed dating goodbye i don't know what year that came out but i think i was probably in junior high or high school so i think i might have been a little too old for the whole purity ball thing i think maybe that came a little bit later yeah i thought um yeah let me see. I just kissed G'dating goodbye. This is the part of the conversation where I Google things. Uh, <laughs> 1997. So, okay. so I, wa- I was in high school. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I guess I was in eighth grade then. 
Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we were a little old. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, but not really because the, the, other side of the same coin so Mm -hmm. for i don't know for men like how many of them bought into the i kiss stating goodbye i definitely remember seeing it at christian bookstores uh but the other side of the same coin was the every man's battle i don't know if you were familiar with that book series John, did you do you remember that? I think we talked about this on the pod before. Did we? That I referenced like Wild at Heart or one of those yeah. books, and you mentioned this one, which I was unfamiliar with, but I think I get the general gist. Yeah, it. I definitely remember at the the North Park bookstore, mm-hmm. flipping through some of those pages, trying to sort out some of my shame. <laughs> I am, and I actually, so when I was going through my divorce, I uh, went through something called, I did a program called Divorce Care. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, Mm -hmm. like, basically, like, a Christian type of support group for people who are getting divorced. Okay. And there were some really, like, shady things about it. You know, they don't recognize same-sex relationships and that kind of thing. But Shocking. I know, it was an alarming situation, but I remember a guy in the group, like, suggested to all of us girls to read that book, like, all of us had been cheated on, like, that was going to make us feel better, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically, um, it, it, the struggle of jerking off is pretty much you you men men just all wrestle with lust and masturbation and porn and mm-hmm. and isn't this so shameful and just and 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 I I've talked about this on the pod just my my all of my sexual shame and mm-hmm. feeling like can't something please keep me from this lust within my heart because I'm just so and and it's so damaging to these natural feelings of of your own sexuality to try and tamp mm-hmm. them down for decades and right. then immediately we're supposed to turn them off at some point and be like okay it's okay now right, you're literally exactly. flipping you're a switch and and it's like nope you fuck me up for decades and what do you think is going to happen? This is, this is psychological and emotional trauma that we have to, mm-hmm. we have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I didn't kiss someone until I was 24. Wow. Is that, <laughs> was that, a? Uh, you know, cause some of what was in this article that you had posted on Facebook was, um, some, this one, one woman was, her particular story was she felt like, uh, you know, she was, this was a gift and was Mm -hmm. it something that you, you felt like I, I need to save this particular thing or what, what was your approach to not kissing? I think, you know, like for me, a lot of it was this idea that, you should like kind of save as much as you can for, you know, whoever you're going to marry. Yeah. Um, 
And, I mean, to be honest, like, there wasn't, like, a lot of dating. I was in school, like, pretty continuously for most of my life. So <laughs> I yeah. didn't have a ton of free time. But, um, I mean, I ended up marrying that person. Sure. And I don't that... think that was a super great choice. <laughs> well, it's... Who knows how much of that played into it? Well, I think it, it's also part of the the I Kiss Dating Goodbye courtship thing. It's... Right you it's dating is wrong because you're giving away pieces of yourself and then you're the person you marry is essentially sloppy seconds or thirds depending on how many people you dated so it's like i don't have any issue with if people want to be intentional about the relationship their relationships they're in and being and be selective and like that's fine but the sort of mm-hmm. the pressure to, if you're going to right, court no. somebody, it's you're going to marry them. Right. Was that something that you were even familiar? Because I never read I Kissed Dating Goodbye. So this was something that, at least in my circles, I totally missed this idea of courtship. I mean, I could barely get a date in high school, <laughs> so it wasn't really something I was entirely concerned about i mean i was just i was just emo as fuck all the time (laughs) anyway yeah i was aware of it um i feel like again i didn't really get the full scope of it until i was at our evangelical college together and like that's when i saw i kiss dating goodbye really kind of take off for people and hear about the whole idea of courtship and everything but it wasn't really much part of my worldview as a kid or anything it would be it would be weird um yeah let's let's we'll uh there's a couple more parts i think i want to share so we'll keep going right that that is i think it's it's all the shame around it you know like for sure i think it's fine to be intentional about you know your relationships and your the people that you have sex with and that sort of thing i think that's you know really important actually but the it's the shame around it the shame about you know being a totally normal human being right so that's somehow bad and that's going to ruin all of your future relationships yeah yeah and and the woman in this this poor woman in this article saying that like she literally couldn't give sex away because the men were like oof i don't want that i don't want that responsibility that's yeah not only is it maybe some men thought it was weird and creepy or like what's wrong with you why have you not had sex into your late 20s what's going on or it's like i don't want to be the guy that forever ruins sex or you have this association i mean that's a lot of pressure yeah yeah i could see that as being a lot of pressure i remember it being you know once i got divorced and then started dating again i felt like i felt like i was like 12 or 13 because i had to like learn how to like navigate relationships but I felt like I didn't have any where like any experience or any guidelines that okay so I mean that seems obvious to us now because it's like so here's here's the deal um you're gonna want to date we're not gonna give you any tools and then at some point uh, you're going to be in a relationship and if it falls apart. Good luck. 
you know, yeah. like they're you you're setting you're you're literally giving people no tools right. for how to navigate this extremely complex way of you know conducting human sexuality and relationships and it's mm-hmm. just like and like she said like what do you do yeah at, at that point when you're just like oh so the entirety of everything i was taught was you know uh you know, either a lie or damaging right. or like, I, I don't even know, like my experience. I feel like I, again, like being a man in this whole, this whole mess of things, it's, I don't, I can't even begin to comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're setting you up for marriage being the end goal, but not doing anything, to prepare you for that other than saying that's when you can have sex. Like you're just set up to fail because you know, again, probably the underlying theme there is, well, if there's a problem, women should just submit to their husbands. Like I assume yeah. that's what the thinking is or no, you don't need couples counseling. Just look in the Bible. That'll have the answers or whatever. It's in God's book, but sometimes you don't want to look, you know, <laughs> I shook my head at you earlier because the part where you said, I don't want this responsibility. Yeah. I was very close to going, I don't What's want that? this responsibility. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that, that would have been pretty funny. So <laughs> it was all leading to that. Yes. That's, it's all about the MXPX puns. Right. You know, what was I even going to say? What were we talking? I'm sorry. What were you talking about? Uh, uh, setting people up to fail, not preparing them for. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even. I don't. I'll. I'll probably remember later. But, uh, yeah. Let's let's uh, hear a little bit more. Sure. Because you know I had gone from nothing at all ever till you're married. Right. Right. And then I was married, and then I suddenly wasn't married. But, like, I'm way older and I feel differently about a lot of things, so... Oh, I remember now. Um, pause this Jen Mandigo anecdote to share. Um, it's it, But it's also weird that all of this emphasis on sex, as if that is the <laughs> most important thing about any relationship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> Mike Mullen just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> to do this John again. John went from <laughs> yeah from his last comment to smoking a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, boy. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and now you're from, from New York. Like just all these guys, they don't. It's. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to stifle my coughs, and it's coming out sounding like a weird person. Anyway, you were yeah, making yeah. like an important point. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> So what I'm saying about the intimacy in marriage, um, you know, like, you know, sex is great, but it's not the, the most foundational or significant part of my marriage. Right. And, and to pretend like, like falling back on that, like putting so much emphasis on it, it's almost always going to be. You're you're setting people up to think like that this is the be all end all, and if it's not, then you're yeah. just like fuck. This and sucks. It's not gonna be. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Especially it, yeah. for women. <laughs> yeah, it's not always like it. Also, 
to assume that people uh, like that sex is a, is like the same for everybody. Right. It's a lie. It's yeah. not, and it's not going to be the same for everybody. So to like being to some conservative weddings and hearing all of the talk about the woman saving herself for the man and emphasizing that this, she's sharing this gift with him. It's just like, God damn it. Let's, can we even, can we just pump the brakes on that? Like, yeah, it's super gross to yeah. be like, let's make this a focal point of a wedding. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to hear about it. No pass. Oh, sure. It was, it was weird. I felt like I was like 14, but I was, you know, in my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like I was a teenager, like developmentally. Yeah, I um, I can relate in in some ways. Uh, you know, when I mm-hmm. when I recognized I no longer believed in God, that was just sort of a when you start pulling all those threads of like, mm-hmm. well, this is I no longer believe this. What are the ramifications for mm. the rest of this? And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh shit. So this, this affects how I look at sex. This affects how I look at, you know, um, my, what I was taught growing up about my own body. And it, it took me, it's, you know, you know, uh, five plus years of trying to navigate my own sexuality as a grown ass man. And it's still fucking complicated. And yeah, I don't know that it's ever going to be, like, I kind of feel like some of that stuff is with me forever, and I have to kind of keep fighting against it. Yeah. Like, even as we talk to, like, you know, our own kids about, like, our oldest is almost 14. Jesus, and so, yeah. even as we, like, talk to him about stuff and are just really open about things in a way that I wish that my, you know, parents had been. Right. It's still really hard for me to, like, I didn't have, like, a good role model for how to do that. And, you know, you want to, you want to give your kids good sexual ethics, but you also don't want them to, you know, have sex with everyone they meet. Right. <laughs> I feel right. like it's this weird balance, like trying to, to parent around that when you didn't really have a lot of direction. I, I think the, one of the biggest things, because, um, you and your husband are parents to two boys, um, mm-hmm. I mean, consent, I think, is one of the biggest lessons that young men need to take away from, you know, because it's 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 a weird it's a weird dynamic in Christian circles that uh, that sex is something that women give away rather right, than gatekeepers and rather than something that they wholly and willingly participate in right and i think that is is part of this this whole conversation around rape culture and mm-hmm. men feeling like it's something they are owed and it's something that right. women give to them and if they don't give it to them then it's something that they take and right. and knowing that both parties are consenting to it and are willingly being a part of it. I think that's, that's a whole 
big conversation and, and topic uh, in an, uh, you know, on its own. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just glad that I grew up in a time uh, without social media and without cell oh, phones. Before we get into that, um, I feel like I want to scream this point from the rooftops mm-hmm. because this idea that we live in a we live in a really fucked up time where where rape is still somehow a thing that people question right. the motives of somebody who was raped mm-hmm. um, and raising young boys to men. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't have kids. You have two young boys. Have you thought about how you want to talk about this or how you start this conversation? Like how young you start it, or where does it, where does it, if you are willing to share, like, where does it start? Like, when does it start with you and, and your, and your boys? Yeah. I think, um, I think I've talked about this on the pod before too, that like, it's one of many things we talk a lot about with raising two white boys. Like what kind of people are, do we want them to be? And from everything that we sort of have read and, and looked at, you know, there's not really a too young to start with a lot of this stuff. Um, whether it's race or justice stuff or stuff around sexuality, like it doesn't mean you have to be like, now Elliot, like never put your penis, like not that kind of thing, but just like, you know, you can start talking about, um, consent and autonomy and stuff. I mean, we've been talking about that for a long time with both boys. Like, right. This is your body. You don't have to do, what you know you don't always have to give a hug if you don't want to give a hug yes ask 100%. somebody else if you're going to give them a hug ask them that first right. um so i think it's you know i'm not saying like so we nailed it it's done but like it is something we think a lot about how do we kind of hardwire these kids from the beginning to think about empathy and to think about other people's experiences to not just take it as a given that you're going to get whatever you want um yeah so yeah i i've been hearing that more about like uh you know telling telling young kids now give so and so a hug or give so and so a kiss mm-hmm. you know it's like they should be able to determine the level of intimacy they have right. with strangers or totally. even family like yeah. you know like that that's sort of giving them permission to have control or ownership over their body yep. and giving them freedom to make those kinds of choices, I think is huge. Yeah. And hey man, kudos to you for you and Jenny for being on top of that. I think that's so a really big deal. Trying at least. Because yep. the number of terrible mistakes I potentially could have made, you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I don't, I just, I can't, I can't imagine being a, a oh, kid yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, you're living your whole life on social media for people to see it. Yeah. At least yeah. my mistakes, I don't have to, you know, 
And my memories pop back up for me. Yeah, my <laughs> my biggest mistakes were hairstyles and clothing choices. You know, <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm curious because you are a psychologist. Um, mm-hmm. What what do you? I guess this is. I don't know if this goes into patient uh, confidentiality, but like, I, I maybe in general, like, what kind of things do you hear? from patients if this is a topic that that comes up what what are you hearing as a a a medical professional in this i I don't i guess would you call yourself medical professional i don't know what what the proper mental health professional yeah i usually fall under that mental health medical i think you know for me a majority of um you know discussions around sex and all that kind of stuff were when i was working with kids and families a lot because um, the places where I've practiced have been really largely Mormon. And so, you know, there's a lot of similarities in the, you know, conservative, you know, how conservative people are between, you know, really, you know, conservative Christianity and Mormonism are similar in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, I mean, in some ways, Mormonism is even more conservative in terms of sexuality. So I would get... I would get parents that were afraid that their kid was going to be gay. Yeah. And some of the parents were afraid because they thought being gay was wrong, and some of them were afraid because they didn't want their child to be ostracized from the community. Right. Or we'd have, you know, one parent was afraid the other parent wouldn't accept the child because of the religion. Um, I had parents that thought their kids were sexual deviants because they masturbated. Ugh. Um... Yeah, they'd actually, like, you know, we have, like, the intake form, and they would fill out, you know, concerns about sexual deviancy. And so I'd get, you know, really serious here, and I'm like, are they are they perpetrating on other people? What's going on? And a lot of the times it would be, oh, well, I think I think they might be masturbating. And so that, you know, for me was just, like, I ha- kind of had to give them that little talk about biologically what is normal. Right. <laughs> and that, you know, from a medical perspective, this is, completely normal behavior and that if it's something that you're really concerned about from a religious point of view then you have to go talk to someone in your church like that's not something that I that I do because from my you know my point of view my training there's nothing wrong with that I mean you know sometimes it's parents to like well I think she's masturbating and I'm like like in the living room like <laughs> Like at during school? dinner, like, like, yeah, they're like, oh no. I mean, I think sometimes in a room or whatever, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, I, it's a problem if you're like doing it at the dining room table, but if you're doing it alone in your room, then that's that's fine. That's yeah, normal. Making eye contact um, with you, that would be that would be <laughs> something something different. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> we uh we we talk for another. Um, almost hour and 40 minutes mm. about a variety of topics. Sounds but, like a pod episode. Well, <clears throat> not, not even for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but we, we, we continue, but I, I mean, shout out to Dr. Jen for being so open and yeah, honest and, and sharing a lot of that because I think this is, I think this level of vulnerability is something so necessary. Like so many of us live in the shadows of shame and um, 
That sounds like a fucking metal album. <laughs> the Shadows, Shadows of Shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the serious topic. Um, no, but like we we live in the shadows. We 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 are embarrassed and ashamed of of certain things, or we we think we're wrestling with certain things by ourselves, and that was especially prevalent when we were younger, but. It, it still exists now, you know? Yeah. We we still, people still feel lonely. People still feel misunderstood. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just because um, I'm a Hufflepuff and I <laughs> like human connection and talking with people and being honest and open. And that's... You know, one of the ways I feel connected to people is doing the podcast and hearing stories. And but, yep. you know, I deeply appreciate uh, Jen sharing and Nikki P sharing and and everybody that you know shared on the on our Instagram post. You know, this is it's a serious thing. People deal with this, the ramifications of this, yeah. and. Uh, I think it's valuable to continue the conversation about how we move forward with these kinds of things because you don't know what these these sorts of scars are. They're deep. They yeah. they are long lasting, and um, you know we're you know we're 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 about the love. We're about the acceptance and. Mm-hmm. We're we're a community of people to try and you know we're trying to support each other. So, yep. um, yeah. So thank you all t- for this uh, being a part of this conversation. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, Jen. Yeah. Thanks for uh, doing that conversation today, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, these thoughts. And if you've got additional thoughts and ideas on the topic that you'd like to share, please do so. Yeah. You know, this is um, episode twenty-eight feel like we we should have officially named these kinds of segments the thoughts and ideas segment. I mean, we forget to do our little bumper music most episodes. Maybe this one will <laughs> nail it on a couple transitions. Um, bro, I think you mean I forget. <laughs> well, <laughs> I forget by not saying anything. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't do anything, so it's hard to <laughs> you have you any. show up you show up once a week with the hot takes. <laughs> Cough into the mic and call it a day. <laughs> yep. Um so John, why don't we transition? Let's do it. Uh take a break. Mm-hmm. And then when we come back, mm. We'll drink till we fall down. Pour a little more whiskey. Yes. Get ready for this. I'm ready. I'm so ready. My body is ready. (laughs) All right. All right. Sounds so good. All right, John. Sounds even better with this whiskey. All right. Yeah, I am. All right. I am... I am so ready for talk and tumble down. Talk and tumble down. That's our uh, that's our next podcast. That's right. I think it's happening right now. Um, Andrew. <laughs> well, we haven't done the uh, we haven't uh, the well we haven't done the best life voice because yeah. we haven't had a best life in no, a solid minute. Maybe we need a separate whiskey voice. 
Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the same voice. I think it's this coffin voice. <laughs> it's the coffin voice. <laughs> I'm ready to talk tumble down. I'm ready it's, to tumble down with you. I'm ready to tumble down. I'm gonna pour myself a little bit of. You gotta get a little. You gotta get a little bit of a twang. That's right. Little, little more of a twang than our little. best live voice. <laughs> it's just the best live voice with a twang. Yeah. Well, it's the best twang. Yep. Um, okay. So. Let's talk. Let's talk TD. Let's do it. So this, we're gonna talk the. We're gonna talk the first full length tumble down record. Yes. Uh, in this episode, the plan for now is to do the first LP this ep, the second LP the next ep, and then a third ep about the EP and various seven inch songs and other. Yep. Uh, miscellany. Yep. So this album and the live record. We're going to do it all. This album came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. So this was between um, Secret Weapon and Plans. This was sort of the MXPX All-Stars era. Right. You know, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to briefly interject you, to say. You asshole. How dare you? That was me throwing <laughs> the table over. Um I was thinking about the fact that you generally think of that period as being like, you know, before MXPX came out with another record, the All Stars, but like between Secret Weapon in 07 yeah. and Plans in 12, yeah. you've got Tumbledown's first three songs EP in 2007. Right. You've got Tumbledown's Atlantic City EP in 2008. Right. In 2009, you've got the Tumbledown LP on the cover two. Punk Rock Christmas and Left Coast Punk EP. <laughs> and then in 2010, Tumbledown's second record and the Arthur yep. LP. <laughs> like, yes. That's nuts. That that's is, so much to pack into those few years. That is a lot. So I think I, in the past, thought about it as like, that's kind of when they were like on their hiatus, but they were doing so much stuff. Well, Mike, Mike was. Mike was doing all of it. Um, how anyway. much of the albums was he doing? All of it. All of the albums. Yeah, he was he was a busy he was a busy bro, uh, but we all know that this kind of came came about because of the uh, late again late again from Panic, mm-hmm. our four and five uh, albums. Yep. <coughs> As uh, if I couldn't love Panic anymore, the fact that it also spawned an offshoot country band. I mean, yep. that album contains so much. It's it's funny that we so we go from our last episode talking Arthur to Tumble Down. These couldn't be two more different projects. Yeah. You know, Mike being earnest and being like, you know, America, right. you know, like, and this one's like, I'm going to get drunk and fucking fight you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I, and the fact that they were happening like kind of simultaneously. Yeah. Like it makes me appreciate, it makes me appreciate Arthur even more because it's like he was doing so many different kinds of things and it's just, right. that's so cool. This is why I posted that meme. <laughs> that was a solid meme. That he's just so... He's very versatile. He's yes. very he can he can do it all. Mm-hmm. That Mike Herrera, good guy. Yep, handsome. And good guy. <laughs> handsome, talented. And what can he? What can't he do? So so Mike 
joined forces with the Rocky Point All Stars, mm-hmm. um, Jack Parker, which many people will be familiar with from uh, the uh, the MXPX era where mm-hmm. he was their uh, second guitarist. Right. And he played on late again on the record. Yeah, he, he did play. He's played on some records. Marshall Trotland and Harley Trotland uh, make up, make up tumble down and rhythm section. Yeah. Man. Trotland brothers, dude, I, upright bass. I love that upright. It sounds bass. so it good. Sounds fucking tight. Yep. So I, I just remembered I brought, I brought the... You got your bag of goodies? My bag of goodies. Any snowballs in there? <laughs> yeah, H-Bomb, man. He's throwing balls. Yep. You know, I like that Mike came to our defense on Twitter the other day yep. after Danny <laughs> Stairs was trying to bust toss us. And I referred to him as the H-Bomb, and he yeah. seemed fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he referred to himself as the yeah, H-Bomb. Well, it's never going to go away now. Nope. Toodaloo. So... <laughs> Toodaloo, motherfuckers. What if... What if that's how? What's what if that's how uh, the the Die Hard movies ended? <laughs> Instead of Yippee Ki Yay, motherfucker. <laughs> it was Toodaloo, motherfuckers. I would support it. Yep, I'm I'm on board. Uh, so this album has a number of guest musicians that's on true. it, uh, but it was also produced and engineered by Mike. It was at Monkey Trench, mm-hmm. but still mixed by our boy Stephen Edgerton. Stephen Edgerton, dude's got his hands on so many yeah. my Carrera projects, and so I good. love it because this album sounds fucking great. It really does. Uh, so can we talk? Can we talk about the cover of the, the cover? Is rad. Yes, I'm into it. I kind of want to get that as a tattoo. You know, because I was it is dope. Thinking about this recently, that I, maybe this is a betrayal of our podcast. But if I were to choose between the Pokenage Punk and the skull from Tumble Down on My wow. Body, I think I'm going with that skull. Wow. Looks cool yeah. as hell. Yeah. Artwork by Oliver Peck. Yeah. Um, I think he did a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, the EP cover. Photos by our boy Jared Scott, of course. Of course. Uh, the, so I want to shout out Harley Trotland on, on this record because mm-hmm. the drums, the drums are great. Sound really good. Yeah. I, you know, of course we're, um, fans <coughs> of our boy, uh, Yuri, the urinator. Yes. Um, but the, the musicianship on this album is first rate. Yeah. It sounds great. It's, uh, they're all great players. I mean, yeah. And I think uh, Rocky Point All Stars have since broken up, but I love that they came together for this. Um, there's pretty much a killer guitar solo on every track. <laughs> Mike um, shreds on this record. Yeah, how I'm, much of it is Mike and how much of it is Jack? I um, sort of was assuming that a lot of it was Jack, but then I saw some videos where he was playing some of those solos. So, Well, I don't know. Yeah, because it says that Jack is lead guitar. I'm assuming he's doing most of those solos. You think he's doing a lot of because Mike can still shred. He can. He can. He can carry his own. He also sounds great vocally on yep. this record. Yes, he this is, I mean, there are some moments where it's like it it sounds like a little nasally, but I don't care. Yeah, I had this debate in my head sort of where it was like it's a little bit different for a typical sort of alt country band. He's got a different voice for that kind of thing, but this is kind of somewhere between alt country and cowpunk, or you know, 
that kind of thing. And I think his voice is kind of somewhere in between. So like, yeah. I, I think it's a cool match. It's a little different. I like it. So, okay. You historically not a big emo fan as we talked, Arthur, right. where, where do you land with country bluegrass kind of music? Very pro. Interesting. I think I said in the first step even that like Johnny Cash was my main dude growing up. Okay. He still kind of is. See, but that's a different kind of country. It is. I mean, I think Social D I've talked a lot about too, like just kind of that vibe. And you've said this. Okay, so some context here. I didn't know Tumble Down. I knew that they existed and I'd heard Let's Drink and a few songs here and there, but this is really the first time that I've done that dove deep dive. in and I love it. Um, and I think... Yeah, like the fact that a lot of those songs on earlier records, I would say I love that kind of cow punk, punkabilly vibe, and you'd be like, I think you're going to be into Tumble Down. Like, yeah. it's very much a continuation of that sound. Sure. Um, so I'm into it. I mean, I think it's got kind of that folky Woody Guthrie vibe going too, which I'm super into. So it combines a lot of sounds that I like. I guess I'll just say that. Sure. Um how about you? You know, my my feelings about country um I I still am not a am not one to I'm not pro pop country. No. Sorry, April. Um I like I, some T Swift. No, but see that's 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 I really only liked her after she went full on pop though. Yeah. You know, so here here is where I started softening. Uh, Sturgill Simpson's yeah, Metamodern great. Sounds and Country Music, which I think was, was that 2014? Sounds right. Um, or is it, what was it, 2015? Well, 2014. Metamodern Sounds and Country Music is the second studio album by Sturgill Simpson. And... The first time I heard that album, I was like, I'm like, holy shit, this is, this, like, it doesn't, it's not pop country. Yeah. It's not, it, it, it sounds sort of like traditional, but it's not, it has this, has these like weird psychedelic vibes at Uh times. And, and it, that really, and he's from Kentucky. So he's like, it's this. It's still country. Right. But kind of a similar, I mean, Jason Isbell. Yes. Jason Isbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, and and it was, and, and Sturgill sort of prepared me for the, uh, uh, Jason Isbell and the, um, um, what are, what are his, what's his band called? Uh, 400 unit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then I th- I also think preparing me a little bit more for tumble down because yeah I wasn't I don't think if I heard tumble down in two thousand nine or two thousand ten I don't think I would have been ready hmm. I I just don't think I my um my heart wasn't prepared to find yeah uh, the the brilliance and the glory that is tumble down. It's funny. Cause I had, as we've discussed, kind of tuned out, um, around, you know, secret weapon time, didn't know plans, but 
and I think my general thinking at the time had probably been like, I'm sort of off the MXPX train or I wasn't ready to receive it at the time. But like, I think if I would have heard tumble down and I knew if that's what he was up to, I probably would have been pretty into it. So Hmm. I am now sad. I never got to see them live. I hope I get to eventually. Well, you know, here's the thing though. Uh, I know Arthur is officially disbanded. Yeah. No, I don't think Tumble Down is. Done, I don't know but... if Tumble Down is officially disbanded because but... I I'm wondering because they they took they took the their music off of streaming right. services. So I'm wondering what if they're preparing for for something. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if they're gonna do, if they're gonna do some sort of a of a re-release or yeah, I'd be into that or something like that. As uh, far as I know, I mean, yeah, we should also say both of these records are on the N Sounds label out of Austin, and as far as I know, they're still a part of that. I don't know. I don't think it's like just Rock City's gonna put their stuff out. So I'm I'm wondering if there is some. They're trying to get their stuff back. Or, yeah, yeah. I th- I'm, I bet that's part of it. I think they're trying to. I bet they'll yeah. try and get this back into their yeah their ownership and their. Uh, I think I think if there's anything I've been learning in recent mm-hmm. months, it's that ownership and rights of the music is right. kind of where they're putting a lot of their efforts. Yeah, and I would fully support that. I know it's clearly, this is the year of MXPX and, you know, 2018 into 2019. (coughs) Bless you. Thank you. They're fully focused on that. And I fully support that, but like, I would not mind at all if after that focus shifts a bit, that Tumbledown came back into, uh, back into the picture. Yep. Um, Uh, man. One other thing I was going to say quick is just like, you know, we talked a little bit about lyrics being a stumbling block for me with the Arthur records. I think the, the, the lyrics on all the tumble down stuff are really strong. I think they're a really good fit for Mike and these kind of stories seem to come naturally to him. And I just, they feel right coming out of him as a singer. I really like it. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, I, there's some songs where, you know, there's some songs where I'm just like, they're, he's probably stretching the truth a little bit. Yeah, I think he's he's being a character sometimes. He's being a character in in, in the ways that a lot of that a lot of singer songwriters they're like yeah. maybe trying to write from a perspective and maybe not right. being autobiographical. Yeah. Um, but do we? Uh, Should we dive in? Should we? Should we tumble into Tumbledown? Should we, you know, also, I, I feel like um, there are there some of these songs when you start getting some of the uh, some of the first uh, swears in a, in a Mike Carrera project. Yep. Because, you know, so... Starting as early as almost a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that this stuff came out relatively close to being on Tooth and Nail for Secret Weapon and stuff because yeah. feels pretty different vibe. Well, there's one song on here that still has a kind of a secret <coughs> wep- a secret weapon vibe, but a, hmm. a better vibe. I'm curious. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to 
Hey, hey, John, before we get there, <laughs> yep. shall we? We should. Let's drink. Let's do it. Let's drink. Let's drink till we fall down. Let's drink. I'll see you on the ground. Let's drink. Let's drink till we fall down. There's nothing else to do here in this town. your number one yeah wow that this was rules it does rule it rules yeah what were you gonna say <laughs> i uh i had another thought for what would be your number one mm. but yeah this is it's a contender but it's uh it's not in my top three i thought about it a lot <clears throat> and this is one of the songs that i did know i think he played this when we i <laughs> thought a lot about <laughs> oh this is a different episode yeah I think he played this at a Punktoberfest, didn't he? Did I, he his, might have? I think he did. Because I was thinking about it on the way over. I'm trying to think because he did play a tumble down song. Yeah. But I was trying to think, did he play because there were kids there? Did he drink? Did he play a song about drinking? I think so. Drink? I think he did. I think I've so. definitely heard him play it solo acoustic anyway. So like, I've definitely heard this song, and I was like, well, I don't know. There's probably some deeper cuts that I like more here. But I was just like. It sets off the whole vibe for them so well. I feel like it's so great musically. Like, it just immediately has that, like, yep. really fun lyrics. I love the harmonies. There's a great guitar solo. It just kind of feels like an instant classic. Like, it feels like this is a song that if I ever heard it, you know, come on a jukebox or at a show, I'd just be, like, so psyched to yeah. sing along with. So, It's... it's the chorus is so fun so to sing great. along with. Yeah. It's harmonies. Job Jack. Super into it. Uh, yeah. I I love harmonizing with so many of the songs on yeah. this record. I don't know. I said Jack because he does it live, but like maybe that's Mike harmonizing on the record. Jack definitely does backup vocals. but He does. Anyway, whoever's doing it there, it sounds good. Into it. All right. Let's move on to Butcher of San Antonio. of San Antone, my number one. Okay. Did you think this was going to be my number I one? I did. Yeah. It's it's not in my top three. It's, that is so I know. shocking it to was, me. It was the hardest one to leave off. It's that my is, number four. That is 
unbelievable. <laughs> How can I all constantly be so wrong? You weren't wrong because... Ooh, wait, that was too loud. You weren't wrong because I love it, and it definitely has that Chop Shop vibe, which is why I'm assuming you thought I'd be super into it. Yes. It's that great, real country murder ballad stuff that I'm super into. This is country mic plus dark mic, yes. uh, which I'm definitely into. So, yeah, it was hard to leave off, but I just love the other three so much. Um, uh, we need to uh, we need to get to Nicole Pike yes. on this song. Oof, I love this slowed oh, down bridge. How can you not? I know. I, I love this. I might be convinced by the end of this to put it in. I Sounds just, so good. It does. Shut your damn mouth. This is retribution. Little guitar. That's so lick. good. I, yeah, it's it's so good. It's a tough one to leave off. I think. Yeah, so we should say Nicole Pike was of the band Wrecking Machine from Bremerton. Um, she's kind of filling that Emily Whitehurst uh, shaped I, hole in your heart for this record. It is. Yeah, <laughs> she is. I mean, but she pulls it off. Oh, she sounds awesome. She so sounds good. fucking great. Did you watch the video for this? No. Oh, you got to check it out. It's so cool. It's like, so it's directed by this guy, Joe the Visualist. Okay. It's like, not the highest budget, but that doesn't matter because it almost fits this like sort of cheap, um, like exploitation movie vibe. It's very dark and bloody and creepy and like, I'm super into it. So yes, the whole vibe around the song I am V into. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I might have to call an audible and throw this into the top three by the end of this up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but, uh, I'm pulling up that uh, a video. Mike looks cool as hell. He's uh, in this like cool white shirt. Got some suspenders going. Oh yeah. It's this like dude I mean, with a mullet. Yep. Set in Mexico appears to be. Or San Antonio, perhaps. <laughs> um. Anyway, it it rules. You should watch the whole thing. Yeah, the butcher shows up. He's a masked man. Takes care of business. It's cool. <coughs> that is sweet. Yeah, that's into that's it. The only video from this record, as far as I know. But into it. Yeah. That. that I mean. The, the oh wait, there's one more. We'll get to it. <laughs> Uh, break out of history.
also rules. It's my number three. I this was a, a song I thought for sure was going to be on your yeah. on your top three, but I've been known to be wrong. <laughs> it's a little bit of a protest anthem. Yep, I, it feels very Woody Guthrie. Yes, I've got very Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie in my notes. It, it, talking justice, man. I'm really yeah. into it. Yeah, that's um, you know. Do you believe the presidents and the men who t- that tell their lies? There's something in the tonic that is blurring out our eyes. The enemies are laughing as the allied forces cry. No one wins a battle when your son or brother dies. Yep. The only way to truly win, to keep your dreams alive. Rats get fat while good <laughs> men die. Pretty good. It's pretty yeah. strong stuff. I, yeah, it's a really it's a really solid song. And it, it's and just it, so fun, too. Yep. That it's, bridge is great. Um, the, yeah. All the guitar licks on this album are so, so great. Good. I mean, yeah, Jack. Slash Mike. <laughs> Whoever is playing those licks sounds fucking great. Yep, so good. Super into it. Uh, oh, I lied about the videos. The other two videos that I was thinking of are from the Atlantic City EP. Oh, gotcha. So we'll get there. Yep. Uh, we're moving on to moving on. All right. All right. acoustic solo there yep it is my number three cool yeah i dig it it's uh there's some interesting stuff happening lyrically here with like salvation and grace yep Um, this this there are a couple there are a handful of songs on here on this record that that are just they have some of the classic country motifs mm-hmm. not just like the obvious overt like drinking sad songs and everything but like as you said the sort of the Woody Guthrie style protest anthem right. this is the moving on it's sort of like the kind of like the take your job and shove it yeah. so, kind of song like mm-hmm. fuck working for the man I'm going to pursue my dream yeah. this, this this feels like um, you know, kind of like a blue collar kind of song, uh, you know, so that, that kind of, that kind of a vibe, mm-hmm. but I, the, the choruses, the, the, almost like the call and response in a way, mm-hmm. the, yeah, I love it. The moving on. It's, it's great. So good. Yep. I mean, I feel like I'm going to say this for a lot, but a lot of these really work contenders for the top three like yeah i do not dislike any tumble down songs yeah which is a different review than i had of arthur (laughs) (laughs) not that i was like i didn't have any so let's not let's not do any revisionist history (laughs) of your feelings about arthur i just i've referenced my color coding 
And red is what I have for songs that I don't like at all. I don't think there was any red in Arthur, but there was not any yellow, which was the really like it. And there's a lot of yellow in Tumbledown. I'll, I'll say that. So, yeah, there is there is a lot there's a lot to like about this record. Yeah, there is nothing to dislike. I don't dislike anything about this. I you know as passionate as I was about Arthur, uh, if if I had to choose, if if I had to do a Sophie's choice between the two, tumble down for sure wins. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, you're so into Arthur. I yes. You're super into tumble down. Tumble down is fucking awesome. <laughs> Agreed. Which is why when I said <laughs> at the beginning of this episode, I swear to God, if you don't like, it would have been a real down. bummer if we were just like completely off base with each other again on this one. I um, mean, yeah, it would have been a it would have been a huge bummer because <laughs> I would have I would have questioned like objectively, yes, t- Arthur emo and that kind of style like like I guess I can understand why some people might be like, "Eh, it's not really my thing." But then like you post a Pedro the Lion <laughs> Five minute video of like this slow kind of melancholy song, and I'm just like, bro, I don't get it. It's a different kind of vibe. Okay, all right, (laughs) all right. Well, I'm still here. vocals go so good the the melody choices yep on that chorus are sublime into it uh features john davis of super drag who (laughs) you might remember from who sucked out the feeling that's that dude sing you don't remember that song Ooh, that's a jam Probably. That's a 90s alt-rock classic. Um, Look around and you bring somebody down. Anyway, uh, we'll watch it later. Okay, deal. Um, But yeah, he's doing the harmonies there. A little surprising, I don't know. Yeah. Sounds great. It does. I'm super into it, but I'm so excited (laughs) to get to my number two. But we're not there yet. One, two, three, four, one, one two. two. Boom, boom, boom. 
it's worth I'm a man And it got me a plan I'm gonna walk back in that bar And start drinking again Well that is all that I've known Ever since I was shown Life can't get much worse When you ain't got a mandolin on that song it sounds great adds so much great texture yeah even though it's just those little plinking you Mm -hmm. know it it does it does a lot for sure sounds great i'd like the i'm gonna walk back in that bar and start drinking again that's (laughs) so good that's such a great line there's a lot of just like super solid lines that you feel like should have been in a country song that came out 50 years ago yeah but mike just wrote it there are there are a lot of great quotables. Yeah. If you want to to use like, you know, think when you think about that line, you usually think about like rap songs. Like, sure. What's a great like? Uh-huh. But I'm gonna walk back in that bar, start drinking again. It's great. Pretty good. Pretty. Pretty. Pretty good. Um, a aforementioned song about. Maybe not so much about Mike, but we'll see. I think it's about Tom Tuchilla. <laughs> that, that dude came to fight. I came here to drink and I came here to fight. I'm all out of beer, so let's take it outside, outside. Super fun. Super fun. It's a really fun song. That I mean, it's a again, speaking of great lines. <laughs> yeah. It's it it it's reminiscent of um I came here to kick ass and <laughs> chew, chew bubblegum bubble and I'm all out of gum. Yes. I believe it's a <laughs> wink to that. <laughs> yep. Um but yeah, it's it's a solid, a solid line. Mm-hmm. But he also Drink that scotch whiskey mm. Or bourbon Yeah, I mean I do uh, I don't normally think of scotch And and country songs It's true I usually think of yeah. bourbon But I am a Big scotch fan We yeah. were drinking some of that scotch I don't it's even true. think we mentioned that last week Just we sort of like on, on that DL Just drinking that scotch Just that Lagavoo that Under the radar yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
um, my good woman gonna raise my spirits like the last shot in this town. That's pretty good. Great line, dude. Great line, Mike. Like, you're, you you were born you, to be a yeah cowboy. You, you brought your a game lyrically for this record. So fucking awesome. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I'm gonna share some of that love on this song. Oh shit! Hello. <laughs> I'm seeing yeah. trouble all day long I'm seeing things that don't belong I got a bad, bad feeling But this won't come out right Been seeing trouble all my life It'll cut you down to size Don't matter what you've done Don't matter how hard you fight That's right Yes, that's my number two. Nice. This yeah. song kicks so much ass. It does. That double time right there. Yeah, it's the, great. The guitar dropping out with just the drums. Yeah. The ascending riff on the chorus. So great. This song has Wilco AM yeah, yeah. all For sure. over it. Yeah, that's true. And if if you just heard me say Wilco AM and you don't know what I'm talking about, Get, Get your, your shit, shit together. together. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to Wilco's first album, AM, and listen to some kick-ass alt country, and you're going to be like, where the fuck have I been? You're going to be like, this is Wilco AMAF. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was one of those great lines you were talking about. <laughs> exactly. That was a that was a micro- Classic, quotable. Classic. Quotable Mike Herrera. You gotta shout out those ending woo woo woos. Oh, I'm I'm gonna get there, bro. <coughs> Good. Shredding guitar. Love it. Yeah. Fucking great. I want to sing woo in response at a show. That's the only way the song would have been better if they were saying toodaloo. <laughs> but n- not in your top three? No, but again, seriously, like so many of these could be. Top four? Top No, because Butcher San Antonio's got to be number four. It's in the top. Ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, my my we haven't reached my top four yet. Okay, so your number one is butcher. My number one is butcher. Number two, secondhand. Secondhand, okay. and then moving on is my number three. Okay, so, so you haven't, we, we haven't heard your number two. Not yet. Okay. Wait for me to come back.
sweet darling dear. My sweet darling dear. This song has uh, the most MXPX lyric in it. For sure. Do you know Uh, what it is? The lyric? Yes. The dislocated? Yes, maybe my harshest dislocated. (laughs) Very well-adjusted vibes. Yes. Dislocated. Yeah, this is a MXPX rubbing off. You can take the boy out of MXPX, but you can't take the MXPX out of the boy. It's a little more punk than most of the songs on the record, Yeah, which is helped by Jeff Turner of Say Anything, featured on the harmonies here. Laying down some background vocals. Boom. Um, yeah, fun energy on this song for sure. I am into it. Yeah, I am also into it. Um, I mean, it's probably it, it might be my least favorite song on the record. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still it's still a fun song, but sure. Uh, I like the energy. I like the vibe. The um, but the the chorus doesn't really stack up against some of the yes, yeah, I think solid, that's fair. Solid choruses we have. Mm-hmm. Now on to "Son of a Gun." These fading jeans have seen some better days under the sun, burning a blaze. The bright day we met In the spring of one I tried to pull your heartstrings Like I was pulling a gun Cause my days are numbered My days are done My daddy was a pistol And I'm just a son of a gun This is my number two. It's my number four. Yeah, this, it's so this, this good. Barely, I love it. This barely, yeah, made it out of this. This was a, a swap for moving on. Okay. Yeah. This is it because, gosh, they're both. I mean, this. So so um, the uh, John Snodgrass mm-hmm. uh, does the vocals on that. He's he sounds uh, great. <sighs> Did you have you listened to Drag the River? So I didn't know them before no, this, but they're me great. Neither. They're yeah. so great. He's got a great voice. He does. I love that voice. Uh, Chad Price, the lead singer of All, mm-hmm. and JJ Nobody of the punk band Nobodies uh-huh. are in oh, this interesting. Drag Drag the River. So it's like a sort of like a super group. Yeah, like an alt country punkish yeah. uh, group. Yeah, they they are awesome. Yeah, and he sounds so good. It's funny because when I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, this dude is seventy. Yes, he must have been in the country sure. scene for decades." For sure. And I'm like, "Oh, he's like the same age as Mike." <laughs> um, yeah, he he has that 
his voice has the that gravitas totally where you're just like oh man this guy this guy is like yeah. seen some heartache and <laughs> yeah I think so. I'm into the song when it starts, but then when that bowed bass comes in, yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, take me there." Yeah. And then when John Snodgrass <laughs> comes in, I'm like, "This is my number two. Yep. So yeah, Save I just Save me some there. He just sounds. Yeah. He sounds perfect. The line, "My daddy was a pistol, and I'm just the son of a gun." It's just that's it's amazing. Like iconic line. It's amazing. I mean, it's great. So. Yep. Such a great song. We like it. Oh, yep. Do you like it? Because <laughs> I really like it. Yep. <clears throat> I don't know. I might need to. <laughs> See, that's how I feel about Butcher. I, I know, know, man. Like, I, I just feel like, should Son of a Gun switch out with Moving On? I don't know. I both... lo- I'm so into it. Yeah. The, this, the, this part where he's like, you know, 17, yeah, 17 what is even? was a was a weird one. <laughs> it was a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> he's like fucking counting, wild. Right? Yeah, yeah, fucking wild. I love that. Meet me where the tall grass grows in your. Just want to hear this part here. So, it's know, so cool. Ugh. It is a great fucking song. This one became like <clears throat> a new I need to see this live mic song, which I don't that, know if I ever will, but No, but that bowed bass ugh, just that sounds sound so that good. sound at the end. I love so, the sound so of an upright bass, maybe more than like any instrument. I played bass as a kid and still do and like I started taking upright bass lessons not long after I learned on the electric and I never got great at using the bow. Like I didn't play in orchestra. I played in jazz band and stuff, but whenever I would try the bow, I was just like, God, that sound is so satisfying. It just sounds so good and rich. So rumbly and rich is the right word. It's just so gotta love that thick ass bass. man. I'm all about that bass. (laughs) No trouble. I don't think, I don't think it would be a country album or a punk cow punk album mm-hmm. without the the line "Oh Lord." <laughs> oh Lord! It, it sounds that's like, it's it's almost like necessary. But yeah, totally. That, that has, it has that the "Oh Lord" has a it's a it's a hymnal yeah. sort of quality to it, and you know we talk about. The sort of the motifs that are found in a lot of country, you know, like you said, protest, the mm-hmm. quitting your job, uh, the love songs, the broken heart, but also 
the O Lord refrain. Yeah, it's, it's great. You'll find that in a lot of hymns. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Gospel like, songs? Maybe gospel, like the the traditional mm. spirituals, yeah, yeah. I guess is what sure. I'm thinking of. Yeah, spirituals. Yeah, the spirituals. Like some, if you hear it, like listen to a lot of those, the, uh, oh, Lord, like that, that sort of like take me down to the river kind of yeah. style spirituals. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. This one is great. This one is definitely a top three contender for me. Um, it's a real barn burner. Yep. Um, I love the the bass line and the breakdown there. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And this was a rock band song, like on the video game for guitar, which makes... What? I'm pretty sure. I saw a video of it, which makes sense because it's like, holy cow, that's this last a fast verse guitar. Too. Yeah. Uh, the lyrics are super fun. Where's the homework bound? I'm homework bound to my ears, such a sweet, sweet sound. I had my head up in the clouds, my feet are on the It's almost required to yell yeehaw. I wanna yell yeehaw live. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Ugh, it's so good. Way deep down south in Kitsap shout. County. I got a plan that just can't lose. I'm gonna drink up all the booze, and then they'll have to carry me out. Talk about great lines. That's that's the line I was Ugh, searching for. So great. Drink up all the booze, and they'll have to carry me out. That's perfect. I love. I do love though that he's like, "There's a place down south." When he's talking about the Kitsap County Fair, which is like <laughs> Northwest Washington. But I don't know. I don't know exactly what he's referencing. So. Um, yeah, I am super into this one. Yeah. That's uh that's the whole album. Except for <laughs> some fucking around. Not just that. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> He good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was a weird one. Fucking wild. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're pretty good. But here's the thing. Inexplicably, uh, after the whole album, on the CD, you have a bonus track yeah. of the whole album <laughs> Yeah. in one track. Never know when you're gonna need it. I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, could I have said that at the second bonus track was my was my number one? <laughs> That's a cheat too far, sir. <laughs> just like just encapsulate the whole thing. Be like, hey man, it's my, <clears throat> it's my fucking number one. <laughs> well, this album is number one in my heart. I really love Tumble Down. Yeah. This feels like another one of those moments for me where like panic and even plans to some extent 
and now tumble down where I'm just like, I am so glad I now have this in my life. Like, it's so cool. So, yeah. In in some ways it's like, oh man, I wish I could have been there. But then it's like, I'm glad that my heart was ready to receive (laughs) this at this time. time. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, this would be so fun live at these songs. So, yeah. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. Did you see Tumble Down? Let, yeah, us, let know. us know. Tell us your Tumble Down stories. Tell us how, uh, how much whiskey was being poured at these Tumble Down shows because I imagine it was quite a lot. I hope so. It better be because we've been pouring the whiskey tonight. It's true. How are you feeling? Feeling Still good. feeling steady. I'm, th- I'm feeling a lot better than I was <laughs> at the end of the uh, the self titled record because yeah. uh, that was a momentous up. <laughs> All right, well, we have tumbled into tumble down. We had a great time. We'll continue tumbling. We will, in fact. Uh, if you have thoughts about this particular episode of Tumble Down, you can go ahead and... This episode fo- of Tumble Down? Well, yeah, that's what we changed the name of the podcast to, right? <laughs> this episode of... Shit, I didn't know. <laughs> Tumble Down focused content. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. <laughs> that's right. Um, Poddle Down. <laughs> you can rate and review us or subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you Apple can, Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Boom. You can leave us a voicemail, 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. And do just that. And uh, on our next episode, we will cover part two of Tumble Down, when it'll be about time for a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you? These fading jeans have seen some better days under the sun burning a blaze the bright day we met in the spring of one I tried to pull your heartstrings like I was pulling a gun my days are numbered My days are done My daddy was a pistol And I'm just a son of a gun There's a gun and it was weird Weird gun Fucking wild Save me some land there I'm on my way Where there's no heartache Simple place to stay. Toodaloo. Cause my days are numbered. Toodaloo, toodaloo. My days are done. Toodaloo. My daddy was a pistol and I'm just a child.